No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. Today, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house. We are here talking to you guys live, and we have all the information you're going to need. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about all my favorite subjects. It's really not that hard to do. And all you have to do is do what we're doing, which is just basically talking to uh, about taxes and everything that goes with that. So you can be able to move forward and, and accomplish what we have. One of the big things I do want to talk about today, and it's plain and simple, it's talking about Venmo, PayPal, CashPal, all of these different um, apps that we use a lot of us i know i get my rent through venmo many of you will have different uh, apps and as of january 1st 2022 there is a few things that's going to change when it comes to this and we want to be able to make sure that we are um all prepared for that change because when it comes to the end of the year i don't want to hear a lot of people saying oh why did i get this 1099k according to uh, what passed with the American uh, Opportunity, uh, the American Tax Act that happened in March, like March of 2021. As of January 1st, mobile apps like Venmo, PayPal, Cash Apps are required to report commercial transactions totaling more than $600 per year to the Internal Revenue Service. This change to the tax code was signed into law, the American Rescue Plan Act, and the COVID response bill passed in March. Previously, these mobile apps only had to tell tax authorities when a person had over 200 commercial transactions per year or that it exceeded 20000 in total revenue. Starting January 1st, the Internal Revenue says if a person accrues more than 600 annually in a commercial payment of an app like Venmo, then Venmo must file and furnish a 1099-K for them reporting all commercial income they receive through this app. The tax reporting change only applies to charges for commercial goods or service, not personal charges from friend to friend like splitting a dinner bill. In the explanation document on the tax exchange, the IRS said these changes only apply to people who sell items on the internet, auction sites like eBay, people who have holiday craft businesses, such on Etsy. So as long as they accept credit card payments through these apps. PayPal said that PayPal and Venmo offers a way for customers to tag their peer-to-peer transactions as either personal friend and family or goods and service by choosing the appropriate category for each transaction. So this is the point of the entire part of this conversation is uh, you guys need to make sure that if you are um, considered commercial um, and, and what, you know, what is a commercial transaction would be someone selling something. Now, in some cases, if you're just on there and you've cleaned your attic and you've got one or two things, three things, like at Christmas time, I got rid of a bunch of Christmas blowups I've had for a number of years. Um, I sold them and, and I was paid through Venmo. Um, those are 
those are personal. That would not be considered a commercial sale. I actually sold them for much less than I originally paid for them. But if you're doing this all the time, you've got, you know, seven, 10, 15 transactions or up maybe a 50 transactions. Now it's become a business as far as the IRS is concerned. And in most cases, you won't have your original receipt from when you purchased this product. So you need to make sure that if you're going to be cleaning out your grandmas and your family and different individuals, or maybe your garage sale and you're picking up something, then you're putting them on eBay or selling them or doing an Amazon shop where you basically, you know, go and buy something and list them on Amazon because in some areas things are harder to buy than others, then this very likely could be Come, um, one of those situations where <laughs> where you could end up with um, this becoming income to you. So what used to be, and, and so on those transactions that are your friend paying you back for a loan you gave him, or um, you are, um, you know, you, you, a lot of times in our family, a lot of us will go out, one person pays and the rest of us transfer the money through Venmo um, to them. So I'll split the dinner bill. You want to mark those as personal and you can do do that. But it is going to be interesting to see after they get the first few years, if they'll be more sent down on how they describe. I do know Venmo is really pushing individuals to turn their accounts commercial if you have um, quite a bit of transactions. Uh, so it, I'm just saying if you're an individual that uses Venmo a lot or PayPal um, and you're not treating it as a commercial account, you may need to think about how that's going to work or, you know, what you want to do. I mean, we all heard back when they were build back better plan, they were trying to find ways to find out um, when people were going to get, you know, more than $600, how they were going to track that and what they were going to do with it. Well, this is one of those steps, guys. They're going to try to go to these organizations and they're going to say, hey, you are now required or responsible for doing this particular thing. And right now it's the apps. They're going to go after the apps, um, you know, and, and see if they can track individuals that have small businesses that they are not reporting on their tax return. So if you are one of those individuals that you've always kind of thought of it more of a hobby, but you are getting for my, in be honest, more than $500, a hobby is now a business. If you're actually bringing in income, um, you should be reporting it. But you know, if it is really truly a hobby, then the income becomes income and you don't have as much to write off as expenses. Either way, you need to make sure that you're not stuck there because next year you get a 1099K because you did $4,000 worth of something through PayPal or eBay or um, you know, uh, Venmo, any of them, any cash app, uh, then it's going to be a, a different situation on your tax return. So just putting this out there, this started as of January 1st. You can supposedly go onto the app and you can mark it as personal. And or, you know, if it's not marked as personal, it sounds like to me it's automatically going to be considered business and they will be 1099 you. So I thought that was an interesting um, situation that we should probably cover because I know for a fact that many um, of my friends and individuals use PayPal a lot to, you know, just or, or Venmo or whatever to to track and pay things and other people paying them back on things. So. Again, guys, just making sure that we have all the right information so you don't get surprised next year and you're all sit there and go, wait a second, what do you mean I can't do this? Or what is this form for? And that's what it's going to be for. It's going to be for you selling something or using it 
to buy or sell. Well, it's not if you're buying. It's only if you're selling. So if you want to join the show, you've got a comment on that, or maybe you're working on your taxes this weekend, just like I am working on many people's taxes. 615-737-9986 is the number here in the studio. 615-737-9986, again, is uh, the number here right now. We're live on the radio. So if you want to join us, you can ask questions or see what you want to do as far as adding to these, or maybe you have something more to add to that particular conversation. Or again, if you're working on your taxes, it's tax time. We got all kinds of questions about different, different situations. Obviously so far, one of the biggest things is we've had, um, and many of you may have done, I had a number of clients in 2020 that took out a number, uh, took up to a hundred thousand dollars out of their retirement IRA 401k and we converted it and we rolled it over into the three-year plan which means every year we pick up one-third of it through the next three years so 20 we paid one-third this year we'll pay a third in 2022 we'll pay the final that form the 8915 is not available yet for e-file uh, if you're a paper retire you may be able to do it but I know we've got a hold on a number of clients because we can't yet e-file those returns and there is um it's also the injured spouse is on hold right now it's not going to be available and we're being told a lot of these aren't going to be available to almost March mid-March to be honest all right let's see if Susan from Nashville can help me out hey Suze hello can you hear me hello yes I can Yes, I can't hear her if she's on. Okay. Hello? Hello? Hmm. Yes, I'm here. Okay, there you are, girl. I found you. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Uh, yes, um, I missed uh, a distribution uh, from... Okay. I missed a distribution... Turn off your radio if you're hearing me because it's on a delay. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. Okay. Yes, I missed uh, an RMD, is that what it's called? Because uh-huh. of uh, last year, my husband passed away in June. I, I'm not, I don't qualify to do it yet. I'm only was 70 and 71 last year. Mm-hmm. So on my portion, I did not have to take take a distribution. But my husband apparently did. He passed away in June. And the company that it was with, we wanted I wanted to transfer that to a different company where I had the rest of our retirement money to make it easier on me. And uh, that company was bought out and there was a three week uh, blackout period in September. And immediately after that blackout period, the money was transferred from that company to the company where I had the rest of my uh, retirement money. And uh, because of that, when the R, uh, my distribution was sent to me, it was only sent on the portion of my husband's that was with the company that it is now with, and we right. missed the distribution on the previous company. So uh, at this point, what is my best recourse with the IRS? I'm going to be getting that distribution in a couple days, and I know that it's going to be on this year's income, I believe. But uh, but as far as dealing with the IRS and not getting penalties and fines on it, is there any recourse with my husband passing away and that blackout period that took place? Well, in my personal opinion, yes. Um, what, what I would do if I was handling your taxes would be we put a note in. This happens 
I hate to say it more often than not, um, you know, things get mixed up and transferred and, you know, and it's not as smooth, especially in a year in which someone has lost a loved one. But what it comes down to it is take the distribution as you're supposed to pay it. But then we ask for forgiveness, basically, you know, um, it's a one-time situation so far, knock on wood, the IRS has been um, extremely good with us as far as being able to get these require, you know, RMDs out, we file, we pay, and then, um, you know, then ask for that forgiveness and, and make sure that, you know, that, you know, hopefully the, they will forgive you because the penalty is fairly steep on, um, RMDs not being taken out, but so far we've been pretty lucky with those. So that would be whoever your tax person is, or if you do your own, I would just attach a letter, uh, you know, as, as part of it, just basically saying we're requesting waiver for RMD, you know, because of the following circumstance was not taken in a timely manner, you know, just what you told me, but, you know, a little bit more probably, you know, in writing, you probably be more eloquent than myself, but, you know, just putting it down, attaching it to the return. And like I said, normally, we've been very lucky with them not following up with the request of additional penalties. Okay, so that would be attached to the letter would be attached to my 2021 One. return. Yeah, well, yeah that, exactly. That's because not going to show that. That's, and it won't show that distribution. It's only going to show so right. I'm sorry. It would know. It would be. In, uh, we would attach it to the 2022, showing that we took the distribution in the year of 2022. It's being taxed today, but it was supposed to be taken in 2021. I would only bring oh. it to the attention at the time that we actually are filing the tax return with the over or the RMD in it, um, because so at this point, I wait till next year. Then yes, till next year, yes. so another whole year. Okay, that's where I was confused as to how to contact them and when to contact. Yeah, because them. otherwise they won't really know what it is until it's actually attached, um, and okay. then they'll know what was taken and what wasn't. Okay, very good. Thank you. All right, no problem. I appreciate Thanks. that. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Bye. Bye. <clears throat> All right, let's tip Darlene really quick, and then we'll. Hey, Darlene. Yes. Hello. I wanted to ask, uh, how will the new taxes, income tax, affect people that sell animals like chickens and puppies? Well, um, th those are small businesses. I mean, you know, so depending on, um, you know, your county. I mean, I have a couple of people that sell dogs um, and make a fairly good living out of selling their dogs, their AKC, you know I mean? And so they, they sell each of their puppies for like $2,000 each. I'm not saying that's, you know, but I mean, and they can have, you know, one or two litters a year. So, um, you know, you, it is something you want to report um, again on chickens, depending on, I mean, I suppose if you're selling quite a few, some of that could be hobbies, there would be no sales tax. So, you know, um, it just depends on the amount, I guess you would be paying on those or, you know, what you're selling. I have some that will sell chicken and eggs at the little farmer's markets, you know, and that's a business as well. So um, you should report that information on your tax return if you're making money or if you're losing money. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. No problem. Thank you, sweetheart. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll take more of your phone calls. You can join us here live at 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. All righty. We are here back live in studio. And I thought I'd bring to attention something that I don't know if even, 
I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it, but it is on the tax return. So if you have a PPP loan forgiveness for 2020 or 2021, there is a place on our current tax returns for 2021 where we are supposed to be reporting the uh, statement that you applied or received forgiveness, the amount of the exempt money for that year, which year it was forgiven, 20 or 21, whether the PPP loan was granted as of the date of you filed this return. So if it's been granted or not. So I know we haven't talked a lot about PPP money because we talked a lot about how to get it, but now all the forgivenesses are coming through the IRS, which we were hoping that actually we would apply for the forgiveness. The person that applied for it would hold their letter, keep that information on file. And if the IRS needed documentation, they would go directly to that taxpayer. But no, they decided they're going to actually make it a bit more challenging. So people that have per, uh, sole proprietorship, Schedule Cs, um, there's a question on there where if the PP loan was forgiven in 20 or 21. And so this also includes anyone with a PP that last, you know, so this was actually for 20 Many people in 2021 and 2020 had forgiveness and they're asking us now if they have received this forgiveness or if you applied for forgiveness. Um, I think they're trying to make life more. I mean, every year being a tax person is challenging and a lot of fun. I will tell you that. But on the other hand, they're, they're having us do. I mean, for a while there, we were having to track people's insurance. Now we're having to bring something like PPP onto the tax code. It has nothing to do with actually filing your taxes as far as I'm concerned. But if you do your own Schedule C, make sure you're filling that information out. This show is about helping you figure out what you need. Um, and, you know, so you don't, do something wrong um, when you're doing it. So just making sure that you have that on there and that you're answering that question. It is a new question that we have in the system. Okay, we've got John in my town, Smyrna. What's happening, John? Good, good day. I have another one of those RMD questions for you. Okay. I am, I turned 72 last year. Therefore, I should be re taking a required minimum distribution this year, but I'm still working. Uh, and still contributing to a 401k, do I still have to take an RMD this year based on last so, year's? So in the year you turn 72, you're supposed to take it just to let you know. So if you turned 72 last year, theoretically, you should have taken it in the year of 2021, but only on IRA or 401ks that are not contributed to the work you're doing today. So let's say I, just as a gen general thing, you working for GM and you've been working there for 35 years and all of your retirement is with that company, then you're not required. But if you've worked at other jobs and had retirements that you've now either still have in 401ks or rolled over into an IRA, that money would be the money that you're looking at having to take the RMD on. Okay. That exists. And, and, and so I'm still working. So I do not have. You have don't have to take it from this. the place you're working now and you can still contribute, I believe under the new laws. Okay. I'm not right. an expert on that and, side of it, but I know you don't have to take it until you stop working. And I am planning to retire this year. Then when does that key that in? So you need to take it in this year. I mean, if you retire in this year, you will take your RMD by the end of this year from all of your retirement accounts, not just the ones that were um, active before. You would take all of them. I don't know, if, you know, because sometimes when we work, we end up with a couple different locations of our yeah, uh, of retirement. Um, you okay. add them all together and take that RMD base. You can take it out of one, the total amount, but you'd have to take it from the total of all of your retirements. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. No worries. It. Thanks. Bye.
All right. So thanks for listening. I really appreciate that, guys. And I appreciate the question. So 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. So we've talked a little bit about the PPP um, that you have to make sure you're putting onto your tax returns. Um, you need to make sure you have that forgiveness information. You can pull that out of certain forms. I know um, I just completed one recently and I was fortunate enough to be, um, well, I say I helped this individual. So I had a copy of the forgiveness that was issued. So I actually had the dollar amount, the loan number and the date that was forgiven and everything on it. But I mean, many times we don't have all that. And remember your tax person may, may or may not even know that you even receive PPP. So it's a question that needs to be added to all of our questions uh, because every year they seem to like to add something new for us. And we're constantly learning what that new question is. So again, if you're a sole proprietor, if you file your own tax returns, or if you have a tax person, um, make sure that they're asking or make sure in, in your paperwork, and this goes for my clients, guys, make sure in your paperwork, if you received a PPP loan in either 20 or 21, and you received it or did not receive forgiveness yet on it, make sure that information is in your information. We need that documentation that's come down the line. So it is now something that we are now being asked um, on the 2021 tax return. And these things are changing. I mean, again, if, if many of you guys probably remember last year um, when we filed taxes in February and then they passed the tax law um, in early March and they changed the unemployment, big, huge nightmare as far as I was concerned because uh, they, they moved it backwards. Well, some of the forms we're, we're working on right now have not yet been approved, which means there could be changes to some of the things that we're filing. Now, if you're just doing a basic 1040, the, the, the 1040 itself is e-fileable and it's there. It's, it's some of the additional forms. Like I said, if you did an extension or if you did the three-year stretch on the um, 2020 uh, COVID um, retirements where you took money out up to a hundred thousand spread it over three years. That form is not available yet. Um, if you have injured or innocent spouse, those forms are not yet. And I'm sure there's a few others. Those are the ones I've just ran into recently. Um, I also know that the 990, um, which is a nonprofit, that form is not yet ready. Um, and the K1, if you receive a K1, from somebody as a source of income, like you're an investor in or a partner in an LLC or corporation, those forms have not yet been cleared, at least in my software. You guys may use different softwares and it may be something different in your world, but these are all ones that we've got a hold cycle on. And let me tell you, it's making life exciting. I have people, we filed the taxes or prepared them in January and they're like, when can we file them? And I'm like, I have no control over this people. All I can do is keep you informed. So again, we've covered the uh, PayPal apps or the cash apps. We've covered some additional changes for documentation that you're going to need, especially for my self-employed. You know how I love my entrepreneurs. want to keep you guys all out of trouble. Um, these are some of the, the changes. Um, but if you're working on your taxes, just take the time to make sure you've got everything on them. Sometimes uh, things will come in late. Sometimes, I mean, to be quite honest, I'm issuing 1099s today for a couple companies. And that means that those people that worked for those companies, if they've already filed their taxes, they will be amending. Now, I want to also put out there, 
even though I'm issuing these 1099s, in most cases, these businesses should have already picked up that money. So it means that if you filed your taxes and you filed it on all the income coming in, it would make a zero difference if I 1099 you today or a year from today because you picked up all of your income. But if you're an individual that's out there and you just wait for the 1099s and you come in and you say, this is all my income, just what's on those 1099s, uh, normally most of my people know. I always think that that's probably a stretch. You never, everyone 1099 you, the odds of that probably limited. Also the fact that you probably, um, you know, you didn't receive any other forms of payment. So just keep in mind, this is what the IRS is also thinking. So if you're doing, uh, especially my small business owners, that's why they're trying to look at these apps because they think a lot of people are not stating income. But if, if you're running a business and you're using Venmo or PayPal or, or any of those cash apps, again, use my business as an example, but if you pay me and some of you guys pay me through PayPal, um, I don't do too much through Venmo. I have a couple, all of that money's reported anyway. So it'd make no difference if it came through a 1099 K it was deposited one way or the other into my bank and therefore it was income. So just doing your own accounting will keep you and save you a lot of headaches. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. You can join the show 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. taxes and talking to you guys so if you've got questions now's the time to do it 615-737-9986-615-737-9986 and let's start with chris in nashville hey chris what can i do for you well it's not a tax question it's more of a mortgage right. question on a previous show i heard you discussing a new type of mortgage that uh, didn't take into consideration your current mortgage against your uh I guess your debt ratio. Is, I that think it was probably not my show. I don't probably talk mortgages. That was probably Tanya Escobar. Um, so uh, it could have been. Yep. Yep. She's, she's a sweetheart too, but I think you're on the lots of different voices on the same show, but I don't, yeah, that would be outside my expertise. My friend. That's a Tanya question. Not my apologies, but no love worries. Show. that's all right. Thanks. Thanks. Uh -huh. Bye. All right. Let's hit Claire in Nashville. Hello. Hello, sweetheart. Hello. Can you hear me clear? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. What can I do for you? Well, I, my question is about uh, taxes and selling and selling a home. I sold my home, and um, I was told that, it, that that if you net under uh, uh, is it about two hundred and fifty thousand, that you don't have to uh, pay taxes on it. As long as you lived in that home two out of the last five years, that is correct. Okay. So any interest or anything like that uh, has nothing to do with the sale of the home. So I'll have to put it on any uh, tax form. No, that's not true. You do need to file the sale of the home. There is a tax form that you'll need to file for a home sale so that you can, ex you, you can actually elect to take that exclusion. Um, so you would need to file that on the, the year in which you sold the home. So that way the IRS knows you're taking the exclusion and that you're, you know, you brought the home, whatever, five years ago, three years ago, and you lived in it for that period and that you're contesting that this is your and was your primary home before sale. 
So there is a tax form that you just give them information on, but it's not accounted uh, in your income. That is 100% correct, yes. By, ex- by accepting the exclusion, it zeroes it out, but yes. Do you know what form that is? I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, <laughs> looking it up as we speak so I can tell you okay. that form number because I'm thinking I got the publication. Let's see if I can bring that form. Um, you would think that that would be something. This is where the my dad would always say, you should know what you have as far as those <laughs> things, but I don't always So know. it's form. So that form will be filed with, uh, with the whole uh, tax return. Yes, yes. It is part of the home okay. uh, worksheet. I'm just trying to find, I've got the publication. I'm just, let's see if I can find it in the publication really quick. And, I know we're on the radio here, the but fund, uh, go ahead. And from the, uh, okay, from the funds that I do have, uh, if I got interest off of that, to, uh, is, is that reportable? Um, if you, if you, like you self-finance the home, is that what you're saying? Like you carried the mortgage for a little while? No, no, no. Uh, from the sale of the house, any interest earned off of that money, is it? Uh, yes, yes, yes. That would be under your Schedule B as interest earned from the bank or if you invested it someplace. Um, uh, but yes, that would definitely be a reportable as under, long as it's uh, Schedule over $10. B. Schedule B, yes. Okay, if it's over $10, okay. not giving me the form number and I'm not uh, home sale exclusion residential form I may have to I you know what keep listening and during the break I will pull it up on my tax software and I will put the form number out there for you okay okay thank you so much okay no problem thanks can't uh, keep going on that one all right and let's see here i've lost my other screen now because you know what i get so many screens going here and then i end up moving things around so let's do this here we go all right lavidius go ahead and take the next caller if there's one i've lost my screen al al what can i do for you well i talked to you once before i've got a friend who's now in a nursing home and we had to sell his house to help pay for his health care. So, and so I needed to know again that the specific schedule or something if I needed to file that on his taxes because he's on Social Security and he really don't make enough money otherwise to file a tax return. Okay. Um, well, so again, in his case, you've sold his primary home to help pay for his his nursing home. Is that what I understood? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, again, at the, after this break, I'll be taking here in just a few minutes, I will look up the exact form and you'll use the same one um, that she did when you file the taxes just to claim the house. And then you'll put the exclusion in there. And then that way it'll become tax free. And the IRS doesn't come back. Cause a lot of times there's a form called the 1099 S filed. And then they're looking for someone to turn around and pay taxes, you know? So that will be, um, but I'll look that up and in, 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 in after this next break, I will put that out there if you keep listening, Al, okay? Okay, I do appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, mate. All right, let's hit Thank Bob you. in White House real quick. Hey, Bob, what's happening? How are you today? I am doing awesome. Good. I, uh, I hope you can answer this. It's been bugging me. Anyway, I, had a, I did my taxes last year, and it came out to where I owed $1,514. 
and I got on that that uh, pay thing that you can get on with IRS, mm-hmm. and we agreed that I would pay three hundred dollars a month for five months, I guess. And I paid that last letter I got from them said your balance was thirty. I mean, uh, three hundred and fourteen dollars. So I took that to say that's what I owe them. Period. And it was my last payment. So I paid them three hundred fourteen dollars. Well, now I'm getting this letter that says I owe them two hundred thirty-seven dollars. Doesn't say what it is, but it says I still owe them two hundred thirty-seven dollars, and I don't think I do. Um. I, well, my payments I mean, were not late. Easiest... It was there every month. Right. And I, I think that, and I hate to say this, this is be one of those situations where you might want to call because it may be that there was additional penalties or something that hadn't been added in. I mean, every month they add the penalties once a month. It's a, it could be a timing issue on that situation. And I am wildly yeah. guessing the answer on that because I honestly don't know the whole you know, situation, but if you owed yeah. $1,500, you got to imagine that they're going to charge you about 25% penalties and interest. So you would end up paying them closer to 18 or $1,900 in the six months. That would be why my would it, answer. Why would, it be a, why would there be a penalty if I paid them every month? Does it make a difference? IRS charges you a 5% up to 25% penalty for failure to file your taxes on time. So they want you to pay it right now or you're going to get penalized. You got it, sir. They're not your loan officers is what they love to say when my arguments on those conversations, because it's like, well, okay. Yeah. But someone, yep. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate it very much. Hey, no problem. Thanks buddy. All right. And while we hit art real quick, Hey, art 401k, what can I do for you, sweetie? Hey doc, thanks for taking my call. I wanted to follow up with you. I actually just recently filed my taxes and then I got a statement to know what to do with a 401k loan that I've been paying back on. I'm about two years into it, but I didn't, uh, it actually went on default about halfway throughout the year due to uh, some, some job loss. And then um, I did not file it on this these taxes just yet. So I'm wondering what I need to do before, uh, how quickly I guess, and what I would need to do to make sure I don't, they don't come looking for me. <laughs> so when did you take the distribution? Was it in 21 or 22? Uh, I took it in 21. Okay. So obviously, and did you, when you took it, did you have any money come out like advance? Yes, I did. I did. I, I took the initial in 20, uh, uh, 2029 and was paying it back with each paycheck on top of what was coming out. It was a loan to my 401k. So that was a 401k. That, any, I mean, on that one, obviously while it's a loan, it's not taxable. I'm sorry, can you hear me? I can hear you. I don't know if you can hear me or not. Art, you still there? Yes, there we are. Oh, there you go. Okay, Art. So while it was a loan, it's not taxable. But when the job went away at that time, it became a whatever was left became taxable income to you, or you could pay it back at that time. But normally yes. it just rolls over on a 1099R to you as a distribution. How old are you, Art? Or maybe just say this. Are you over or under oh. 59 and a half? There you go. I'm under. Thank you. Okay. So you're going to have the 10% penalty plus you're going to have whatever that distribution. So 20 grand, whatever it is, you're going to have ordinary income tax on it as well. Okay. So that would be just wondering what would be the, on approximately four grand, what would be a, okay. 10% of Can that? Can you give me a ballpark of what your other income, like, are you married or single? Married. 
Okay. Um, your combined income, I don't care who made what. Give me a rough ballpark of what, besides that four grand, what would your income be? Uh, approximately 65. Okay. So you're looking at 12% tax plus the 10%. So 22. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, that will definitely And I will follow up with them to get that sorted. Thank you so much, Doc. Hey. No problem at all. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here in a second. And when we get back, I will talk a little bit more about the uh, Section 121 home exclusion and what form you need to be reporting that on, as well as if you have questions, there'll still be some time when we get back from this last break. This will be our last one. So if you have a question, now will be the time to jump on board and take a look at it. You can join us at 615-737-9986, 737-9986 and we'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. All righty, we are back live here in studio. And we are working on uh, talking with you guys about taxes and what we're going to be doing. So why don't we go ahead and hit Pam, who's on the phone right now. Pam, what can we do for you? I have a question about selling a home and counting the profit that you made off the home for income. It doesn't count as income. Is that what I'm understanding? Um, so if you're selling your primary home in which you lived the last two out of five years and you haven't taken the exclusion in the last two years, um, then you can exclude 250 as a single person, 500,000 as a married couple. If you're selling a rental real estate or an investment property, then no, that would fall on a schedule D and it would be a part of your normal income of capital gains. Okay. Thank you. And one other question, if you have time. Uh, I withdrew some money out of my 401k in 2020, but the everything that the, they kept as far as fees and stuff, I thought they kept the taxes and they, I paid the taxes and everything was cool. But that sounds like that I need to go back and pay the taxes on that money that I took out. Um, well, you would report it on your tax return, um, even though they may have withheld something on the 1099-R, but you'd still need to report it because they just withheld a percentage, just like a paycheck or anything else. You may still owe taxes. You may still owe a penalty. I've had people that's taken as little as 5% out, and obviously they went, owe oh, 20 25% and then people will take out 30% and they only owe 20. So it really, I mean, they're just doing an estimate when it comes to, to, to withholding the money from your thing. Yes, it is something you're going to put on your tax return and file. it. Okay. All right. So, Thank you very much. Hey, no problem. All righty. So again, if you just joined the show, we are, um, I am Dr. Friday, an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. Been doing this for plus uh, 20 plus years. And so if you have a question and you're trying to deal with some tax issues, obviously um, this show's been here for, this is our 13th year, lucky 13. Um, and we will be uh, hopefully going on for much longer. But if, uh, if you've got questions, you can also call our office Monday through Friday. And that will be a direction you can go as far as getting some additional help in dealing with your tax issues or what you want to do on your taxes. You can also um, email us questions at friday at drfriday.com. 
and just want to put out there that all the things I put out here on the show, you should always still go and talk to a tax person because each one of you guys have a little different situation. It could have been that you inherited the house through a divorce or separation, that it was a rental property for a period of time, and then it became your primary home. Um, these are different situations in which even though you may qualify for a portion of exclusion, there may be recapture of depreciation still needed. There are other extenuating circumstances. So I just want to make sure that when you're doing the, the tests for the exclusion of gain on your primary home, that there are situations you need to make sure that you take the test and that you uh, apply for the right um, situation that you're dealing with. Anyways, so it makes sure your ownership and all of that. I've had situations where like a mom and daughter brought a home together and then maybe the daughter passes away or, um, and then what portion of that home is inherited. So you have a step up in basis that you would go into. And these are different, um, you know, things that can be a part, but like a vacant piece of land cannot normally meet the exception for your primary home. So I just need to make sure that, you know, what I'm giving you here is obviously something that will hopefully make you go and move into the next level as far as where you're going to go and what you're going to get for it. Um, all right, we're going to be able to probably take one more phone call. Looks like it's coming in and then we'll be able to get the rest of the information out here that you guys need um, if you are filing your own home exclusion on under the section 121 exclusion. All right. looks like it's Bruce. Bruce, what can I do for you? Wait for my text. Okay. Now, I've got two daughters, uh, 20 and 22. One is in college. One is graduated. If, if I supply their rent, you know, water, electricity, and all, can I count them as dependents if they don't claim themselves on their taxes? Well, theoretically, you know, it's the 50% test. So you have to provide 50% of their care. If they're out there and they're making $15,000 a year, even though you may say that's still not meeting, I think the IRS would say that they have the ability to support themselves. If they're, um, if they're making $5,000, then I'd say, yeah, between their car insurance, home, food, rent, all of that, you're probably meeting their needs. So I, I think it would depend on how much money they're making. Okay. Thank you very much. No worries. Thanks, Mike. All right. So um, again, we have just a few minutes. Looks like maybe enough time for one more. So um, we got onto the home home exclusion. And to be quite honest, guys, I'm trying to get my software open to give us the easy answer on that. It hasn't uh, quite decided to participate in today's radio show. So as soon as I find that, I will get that information out to you guys. Um, it's not as simple as you might think because everything on the internet seems to talk about the one uh, 21 exclusion, but it doesn't actually tell us where you apply it, even though I do it quite often, especially this year. Oh my goodness. I can't tell you, I'm probably going to do, you know, a lot of those papers, um, because we had quite a few people that sold their primary home this year, um, either relocated, moved, moved in with children, expanded other homes, all kinds of cool and fun things. Um, and that's awesome. That's what life's all about. But um, to try to find the exact form is working a whole different situation 
on getting that as far as I can tell. So I will find that form. Again, I get to cheat usually, and it usually is in my tax software and I just click it and I do it and it doesn't always work apparently that way for all the rest of us. So if you are working on your taxes, these are the kinds of things you want to make sure. You want to make sure if you sold any kind of real estate that you do report it. If it's your primary home and maybe it is tax-free, keep in mind the IRS may not know that. They are going to get a form called the 1099-S. I've had one or two individuals that I've actually um, helped through the audit side of that because they didn't think they were thinking, hey, it's a free exclusion and it's a fairly simple audit all in all. But anytime we say the word audit and the IRS, never a good thing. So um, you want to make sure that you put that on there. Same thing. I've had more than one case where somebody has taken money out of retirement account. They thought the money was already taxed because it, it, they they took out 100 and someone kept 20. So they thought they, they'd already taxed it and therefore they didn't have to report it. Um, big mistake because those usually don't have enough money come out of them 90% of the time as far as I'm concerned. So you need to make sure that you're reporting it and that you um, add that to all of your other income, which is usually what causes the problem, especially it seems like sometimes when uh, divorce and things happens, unfortunately. So um, you want to make sure you have that. And then all your W-2s, unemployment, if you received any this year, it is not excludable. So you're going to pay tax on 100% of whatever your unemployment was, where last year you had that 10,000, what, 200, 400, that was excludable. Um, and then also, um, claiming your children, you know, again, we do have that advanced child tax credit. And so far, I'm going to say I am really impressed with my clients because we have gotten everybody that has had children has brought that letter in. So either the IRS finally figured out how to get the proper form to the proper people at the proper time or whatever, but it has come as part of uh, people are walking in with that information and doing it properly in in the, the, the taxes. So make sure you have that as well. Now I have quite a few people that are coming in and saying, wait, we received two stimulus checks in 2021. We received one in January for six or 12 or whatever, $600 a person. And then we received another one in March or April for the $1,400. Keep in mind that 600 that you received in January of 2021 was actually reported on your 2020 tax return. It was a distribution according to the IRS done in December. It hit the banks possibly later, but it was part of your 2020. So you're not going to be reporting that. And I think it probably explains how a lot of people thought they didn't get all their stimulus money. So they applied for it on their tax return and then boom, they turned around and said, wait a second, now I've got it in January and people are looking for places to put it on their taxes. Not going to happen. All right, guys. So I will uh, make sure next week I will make sure. And if you want to call or email Friday at drfriday.com, my email is Friday at drfriday.com. The phone number, you can reach us at the office, 615 367-0819. And if you have a question about what form to file the home uh, exclusion, um, I will make sure everyone has that information for you so that we can make sure that that will come up on um, our dashboard. So individuals, uh, they'll give it to you or you can call me and I can get it for you. I hope you guys are having an awesome Saturday. The weather is so much nicer today than it has been lately. So again, my phone number 615-367-0819. Friday at drfriday.com or email friday uh, i'm sorry uh, website drfriday.com drfriday.com is my, my website and so hopefully you guys will have an awesome saturday and we'll be here next saturday